love the Lord, man. We had probably, uh, I think there was somewhere they say around seven, eight people got saved this morning in the services. Isn't that wonderful? Fifteen people were saved at the jail over the weekend, and that's another wonderful, wonderful news report. We're going to pray over the word, and as we do, I want us to particularly pray over what's happening in the world. Um, just My heart is just broken over the Palm Sunday explosions that took place in Egypt, the attack of Al-Qaeda, whoever it was, ISIS, against the Christians. How many of you know there are other places around the world where it's not as easy as you got it tonight? I want to pray for them and pray for brothers and sisters around the world. God will touch them. They've just been on my heart all afternoon. I just, I'm grieved in my spirit over what, what took place, and I want us to pray for them. James chapter 1, verse 17. Our unchanging God, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Can you say amen? Father, we come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word that you never change. Lord, we need a constant. We need some things that there's no shadow of turning and there's no variableness. Lord, we thank you that there's a solid foundation that we have in you. God, I want us to, to learn this truth tonight. I want us to hold to this truth because, God, we're living in very changing times. We're living in a day when there's not a solid foundation anywhere to be found on this earth. Man-made things are crumbling around us. And, Lord, we need to have the truth of your solid character, integrity, the attribute of your unchangeableness. We need to know this tonight in our hearts. Speak to us by your spirit. And, Lord, we ask you to touch our brothers and our sisters around the world. Pray, Lord, for the, the hearts that are grieving this evening. Lord, for the services, I'm sure heaven was grieved, Lord, as people were gathered in that mostly Islamic country, Lord, as they were gathered together to worship and to praise the sun and praise the whole the whole host of heaven in that place, the angels of God, the, the, the Holy Spirit and the Father, Lord, all the celebration that was happening there, all centering on worship to Jesus. We just ask you to bless and touch all of those people. Be with them. Guide and direct their steps now through the difficult days that lie ahead. And lay your hand on them. And God, I pray your protection. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, for your work to be done all around the world to protect the brothers and sisters of faith and to touch them tonight. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. You know, when I really started thinking about this message in particular, I thought that I would just teach tonight. I wanted to get something into your spirit, something into your heart that would never fade away, that would never die out, that wouldn't be something that, you know, is just kind of a fleeting moment in a service or something that just kind of causes us to have a, a hoop and holler, if you will, but something that would get down inside of us, root down inside of our spirit and be there when the difficult days come, when the hard times come. How many of you know it's easy to serve the Lord when everything's going okay, 
When you're on the mountaintop, it's easy to praise God, sing His glory, shout and preach and teach all about the goodness of God. But it's when you find yourself in the valley experiences. I know the carpenters are here tonight. You found yourself in a valley experience just over the weekend. But God came through in a miraculous and wonderful way. And we give Him thanks for His hand on Kristen and that precious little baby. But we're living in times when there is continual change. When I bought my house a number of years ago, I, I thought, man, they, the guy who sold me the, the, the property, he went on and on about how there wasn't going to be no houses built behind me, and there was a field off to the left of me, and it was just all pretty and beautiful, and I could go hiking in the morning, and it would just be just me and Daniel Boone as we were just traveling around. Here it is about seven years later, and there are houses on on every corner all around me. And if you can believe this, as soon as the weather broke, they started building in my backyard. And now there are five houses in less than a month and a half that have went up. And one house is right in the back of my house where I sit on my deck. I'm looking right into their dining room. I'm like, are you kidding me? Where is that guy that sold me this house? Used to be the woods were everywhere. Now roads are opening up everywhere I look. Nothing stays the same. Can I get an amen? Nothing stays the same. I've even found that I don't stay the same. I'm not nearly as young and as energetic as I used to be. And I am finding that very difficult to to comprehend and to accept. I want to go do things like I've always done them, and I'm finding that my body does not agree, and uh, it's not cool. There are a lot of things that we used to have years ago. I'm at the point now where I'm seeing some of the things that other young people look at and they laugh at, like cassette tapes and VHS tapes. What am I going to do with all those VHS tapes that I have at my house? I got a whole bag of them. Every good old-fashioned movie you ever saw in your life, and I can't watch one of them. Things are constantly changing. I remember when, I I mean, I can go back to my 33-and-a-half RPM albums and my 45s. Anybody have a collection of 45s? I had all those, loved them, still got them to this day. Don't know what I'm going to do with them. I just can't part with them. So there they are. I've got every Olivia Newton-John album there ever was printed. And I can't play any of them. Things are constantly changing. Well, these days, you got an Apple Watch. This Apple Watch will call somebody on the phone. It'll measure my heart rate. It'll measure my steps. It tells me who's on Instagram, who's on Facebook, and who's sending me a text message. All I got to do is walk it around. It's amazing how it all just right here. I got me an Apple Watch. I got step counter, heart monitor. I even got something on my phone right now that will do an EKG and send it to my doctor. I don't have to go to emergency or nothing. I just put my fingers on the back of my phone, and boy, there goes an EKG right to the doctor. It's amazing. Things that happen. You know what? They make Christmas lights now that don't go out. Oh, none of y'all have ever had that issue. A light will go out, and it all stays on. I'm ready to shout right now over that. Man, things are changing. It used to be in 1920, 
in downtown Cincinnati, you'd get on a horse and you'd go downtown. And you'd be traveling about 10 miles per hour. And things have just really advanced. Now we have these super fast vehicles at rush hour in Cincinnati going five miles per hour. Some things don't always change for the good, do they? Too much change creates stress. But in this life of everything changing, people change. All kinds of things around us are constantly changing. And the the variableness and the fickleness of everybody and everything around us. It seems like in this world there is nothing permanent. Nothing that you can really count on. But I'm here tonight to tell you something. I want to teach you something about what is permanent and what is solid. And what is a foundation that you and I can hold on to because you're going to need it. I have found that when people are shallow in the relationship with the Lord, they don't always really drive home the truths of God and His Word, and they don't get it down in their spirit so that when they face the storms and when they face the winds and when they face sickness and possible death and they face losing their job, they don't have that foundation to stand on. I've had many times in my life where I have felt that I was shallow spiritually and and I watched as God began to rattle my world and shake me off the foundation that I was on so that he could plant me on a solid foundation that I would be able to stand on when the winds came. God wants you and I to be stabilized. He wants us to be stable. He doesn't want Christians that are up and down and and on and off. He doesn't want us to live vacillating back and forth. He doesn't want wishy-washy Christians that are weak one minute and strong the next. He doesn't want us to live you know, in this kind of variableness. He wants us to live in a stable, stabilizing relationship with Him. A couple of other versions of that scripture text we read. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. The Phillips version says, With God, there is never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. This is an attribute of God, an attribute of God that you and I can count on tonight. We can shout about, he never changes. The theologians call it God's immutability. It means simply, he never changes. Malachi 3 and 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. He is always the same. He's always been the same. He'll always be the same. He'll never change because God is perfect. You didn't know that, did you? God is perfect. There ain't nothing wrong with him. He can't get any better, and he'll never get any worse. God is always going to be the most intelligent, the most amazing, the most mighty and powerful. He's always going to be as good as he is right now and he's ever been. We change, though. We're imperfect. Pat yourself on the shoulder right there and just congratulate yourself. You're absolutely imperfect. Things are constantly changing with people. Bob Dylan used to sing a song. I heard a, heard a writer say this one time. He said, Bob Dylan used to sing a song called The Times Are Changing. The man said, but I, I've renamed that the, the lines, they are a-changing. He said the hairline, the waistline, the credit line. We live stressed-out lives in 2017 because we don't often know how to handle the stress that's in our lives. 
We don't know how to understand and take hold of the, the truths of God's word, memorize them, put them down in our spirit. You know why? He says to meditate on this word day and night. Read it and eat it like it's medicine, like it's food to your body and to your marrow, to your bones. You know why? Because you're going to need it when you come to those times when you're standing against the hardships and the trials of this world. The unchanging uh, God will be there during those very changing times for you. And I found, and maybe you have too, Brother Warren, things can change overnight. They can change in a heartbeat, in a second. I remember when Cameron and Richard and I were traveling down 741. We're having a good lunch with old Matt Reeves, and we had come back to the office, and we had just got done telling the office we were on our way. We'd be right there in a few minutes, and the next thing I know, a lady comes flying up over the hill, and she's right in my driver's seat, and then before we knew what happened, she had sliced up the whole front end of my car all the way back to the bumper, and the Cameron hadn't yelled out like he did. In that very moment, her front seat would have been in my front seat at 55 miles per hour. Things can change in a heartbeat. Things can change in a moment. You don't know. The Bible tells us you're not promised tomorrow. We know that we face things every day, and we've got to be so aware. I I look at folks sometimes, and and I feel in my heart, it hurts my heart when when I see them. I'll see young people kind of smart off to their family, or, or I'll see, you know, adults who who can't get along and they're fussing or they're fighting you i've seen people in my neighborhood who would just go back and forth across that old proverbial fence and they're they're mad at one another and i look at all that and i think about the the people in our lives especially our families people we love man don't let your families go another day without putting your arm around them telling me you love them it's good you're sitting by your little baby girl Man, you need to put your arm around her and love on her because she is gifted from God for you. And it's, amen, amen. It's a good, it's a treasure. Mike, you got your arm around your, your wife there. It's a treasure that you've got. Brother Roberson, she, she's gone with you through thick and thin. She's been right there all through those years. It's time for us to be reminded again of what the people with us and that we've been gifted to share our lives with that we still have. Because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know, do we, Brother John? For I am a God who is defined by love. I am a father who loves his children. Learn the principles and truths of my word and live. I have freedom. I have liberty for you. Walk in the love that I bring. Walk in the gift I have treasured you with, says the Lord. Lean hard on my truths. Memorize them and meditate on them. Let them be strength to your bones. And trust and know that I, the Lord, am a God also of my word that never changes. Lean upon me today. Trust in my promises. And you will live, says the Lord. Would you lift your hands and honor the presence of God this evening? Hallelujah. God never changes. God's love for us never changes. 
His love for us never changes. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3 says, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. How many of you know, and I've said this many times, but the first time I ever heard it, it really touched my heart and my life. You know, when somebody was preaching one night, I believe it was Loran Livingston, and, and he said, he said, God loves you unconditionally. He said, you know what unconditional love means? He says, it means that God will never love you more, and he'll never love you less than he does right now. And he doesn't love you any more now than he did the very day he laid you in your mama's lap and you breathed your first breath. God is a love. God has a love in his heart, in his mind for you and I that never changes. It never changes. It's an everlasting love. You were created by God to be loved. You're the object of his love. He loves everything about you. The Lord had you designed. He, he, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. The Lord pays attention to you. He even talks about how that he counts and takes notice of every hair that falls. And some of you, that's a big job. Actually, it's been a big job for me here lately. I don't turn around to the camera anymore. God's love is consistent. His love is is continual. God will always love you. See, we're because we live in a society where there's so much fickleness with love. Marriages fall apart. People walk out. I can't count how many folks have sat in my office in the ten years I've been your senior pastor, and they have sat in my office and said, "Well, we just fell out of love." They don't say that to me anymore. Because I don't believe you can fall out of love. What you do is you fall out of your consistent, constant choice to love the one you chose when you were young. Or maybe later. But you chose them. How many of you know you choose to be in love? You choose love. You don't, you don't fall out of love. There's no such thing. You never fell in. How can you fall out? You choose to love, and that com- that's why he made it. That's why there's a family institution, and why there is the sacredness of covenant and vows before God, because you have made a covenant that says, I'll be with you until I die, or you die. A covenant. We choose. God's love for me never changes. He's made a covenant with you and I. It's called a living soul. He put that inside of you, and when he breathed the breath of life in you, God was committed to you against that day. He will watch you every day of your life, and he'll be there for you. The steps of the Lord's are ordered. He will. The righteous are led by him. They're empowered by him. He looks out after you. He's put the sun uh, up in the morning for you. He puts that moon out there at night for you and I. He built us and created us for love, and as I said, we are the object of his love. He's, got, he's not fickle. God is not fickle. He doesn't change from one day to the next. God always acts like himself. God always acts like himself. He's consistent. Psalm 119 and verse 15 says, Your love never changes, so save me. We can count on God to show up and to be there for us. We can count on it. You, you'll try 
you, you'll, you'll lean on people. You'll look to people for your help and for your comfort and for, you, for even the good things you need in your life. And, and they're going to fail you every time. I can tell you people are all going to fail you. The church is going to fail you. The pastor's going to fail you. People are always going to fail you. Your mama's going to fail you. Your daddy's going to fail you. But there is a constant, there is an unchangeable, powerful, mighty father, the creator of your heart and mine. He never changes. The thing is, you know, we look at God and sometimes we have a tendency to bring him down on a human level with us. That's what the children of Israel did when they made, you know, when Aaron had to make him into a golden calf. And this was their God. That story just make, it makes me mad. I want, I want names of every children, every child of Israel that, had, that was a part of bringing up that, that calf thing. How, how terrible. How terrible when Aaron presented that golden calf to and I, you know, growing up, I always thought, Rick, I mean, I, it was just my natural kind of mentality, my intelligence as a child, my common sense. I thought, well, they were creating a cow god, a, a calf god. They, they were creating some new god. My, how could the children of Israel create some new god to worship in the wilderness? How could they turn their back on God? But when Aaron presented the golden calf, they didn't do no such thing. He presented that calf and he said, behold, I present to you Jehovah, the one who delivered you out of Israel. What they had done was they had taken God off his throne. They wanted a God who was manageable. They wanted a God they could order around, a God they could dance around, a God that they could see and touch and could be small in front of them so that they could live their lives and their God would stay put. Biggest mistake they ever made. But yet I find that I can't think too badly of them because we sometimes do the very same thing. We want a God, Brother Worley, that's manageable. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't fight against those things we know are black and white in the Word of God anymore. We, we found another way around that. We say, well, that's your interpretation. We interpret Scripture our own way. We d- decide we're going to, well, I, I'm not convicted over that. I, I don't have conviction like you do. You just leave, you have your convictions, I'll have mine, and we'll all just get to heaven. And there's no, people are trying to move as far away from absolutes and a solid foundation of truth. How many of you know the Word of God is settled in the heavens? There are laws in the universe. There are laws about gravity. There's law, thank goodness there's laws about gravity, or you and I be having trouble tonight. Thank goodness gravity didn't turn on and turn off just every other week or so. Thank goodness we don't have to deal with all those things out there. I, I look at the moon coming around every night. I look at the sun rising up in the morning, and I think, man, every day God is still in control. I don't need nobody to tell me anything because if I see that sun up in the morning, I know God is still in control of my day because he's still ordering the laws of the universe, and he's still touching those things. But there are not only laws of the universe, but there are spiritual laws as well. He said, we're not to have other gods. We're not to worship other gods. We're not to go out there and we're not to covet and we're not to steal and we're not to murder. And Jesus even said, if you even think about a woman in the wrong way, you've committed adultery in your heart. There are some spiritual laws that how many of you know are still viable and unchangeable even tonight in 2017. I don't care how immoral the world is. Young people don't buy into that mess. 
Am I allowed to say this on a Sunday night? I'm going to say it anyway. How many of you know sex before marriage is sinful? Well, I didn't get near the amen I thought I was going to get. Sex outside of marriage is wrong, sinful. Murder's wrong. Thieving is wrong. These things are against the laws of God. The point is, we should never doubt the, the powerfulness and the awesomeness of God if we will hold to the truths of God's unchangeableness, of His purity, and if we'll hold to the foundations that we've been raised on in His Word, then when we hit those tough times, God is going to be there to help us navigate all the way through it. There's too many Christians that are flopping back and forth like fish out of water. There's too many Christians that that are just swayed by every wind of doctrine. The Bible tells us, man, a man who is swayed like that is unstable in all of his ways. You and I need a stability. We need to be stable. I'm amazed at, at the people that, that are on fire. Man, you need a good revival in order to get, man, you, you'll watch people and they've been kind of dead on the pew for a couple years and their faith is faded and they're not even likable anymore. They don't love nobody. They're, they're, they're just kind of mean to everybody, including little, you know, little doggies on the street. They're just n- not nice to anybody. And these people live in their lives. And then all of a sudden the revival will come through and they'll get all on fire and want to preach to everybody. You know, I'm looking at people like that, and I'm like, well, thank God for the revival, but what about where, where Peter said, I've stirred up the gift in me. I'm going to get down on my knees and my face, and I'm going to seek out the presence and power of God every opportunity. When I start to feel a little cold and indifferent in my soul, I want to get down and get in the place where I can be, have a revelation, a fresh touch of God's power and love again in my life. I don't want to depend on outside forces and outside people and things like that to inspire me. I want to live my life living with the fire of God in my, in my spirit and in my heart. I want to stir up the presence of God in me. I don't want to ha- have to depend on a revival to come through once a year. We're fixing to have a revival in a few weeks, and I don't want to have to wait on revival to get all fired up. I don't want to have to wait for a revival or a preacher to to set me on fire so I'll finally get right with God. It's time that we get stable in our relationship with God, that we live out every day. Every day we get up and we say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. This day our daily bread. Give us this day, Lord, every day, a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't want to be stirred. I want to be transformed and changed. I want to live a solid, wonderful relationship with you. I don't want to doubt your love ever. Nobody ever says, you know, well, you know, what's got into God today? Nobody ever says that. He's solid. And every child of his... Every child of his should be solid. Every child of God should look like him and get closer and closer to being like him and in his image every day of our lives. Oh, I'm not preaching that to to hurt you or to tear you down tonight. I'm preaching it to inspire you and challenge you to move up. Don't let your heart be, be blackened by the hardness of this world. Don't become cold and indifferent like those in this world. Don't become a shallow Christian that you nobody knows whether you're up or down or in or out. They don't know if you're on or off. 
they'd have no idea whether you're fired up or washed up. Don't be that kind of person. Be someone who's consistent and who is stable in their relationship with God because they have tapped in to that immutability of God himself and they become a true child of the living Lord. Get stable in your walk with God. Can I get an amen in here? No matter what happens, no matter what I do, no matter what I feel, I want to stay the same with God like he has stayed the same with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. You can go to bed tonight, get up in the morning, and you can rest assured God has not changed his mind about you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We can lift our hands tonight. We can praise God and we can know. You can lay your head on your pillow at night. We used to say that prayer when we were children. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You know, you have that confidence tonight because he's God. He never changes. You have God. He, When you go to sleep at night, he loves you just as much when you lay your head on your pillow as you do in the morning when the alarm goes off. You can get up with a spring in your step. You can get up with energy in your heart. You can get up praising God and being as joyful in him as you ever have in all of your life. And you can love him right now just like you did as a child or like you did when you first got saved. You can love him like that right now because God has not changed. An old song says, I miss my time with you, those moments together. How many of us have gotten so far away in our relationship with God? We've gotten bitter. We've gotten angry. We've gotten prejudicial. We've gotten upset. We've gotten, you know, cold and indifferent. We've waxed old in our relationship with God. And we sit here tonight trying to remember a time when we were tender when we were soft in our hearts and when we, we, we would cry at the drop of anything, if there was any move of God, we just couldn't hardly handle it because of the tenderness of our spirits and our souls. Oh, I long again for those days when we are tender and broke, broken before the Lord. David had a heart like God because he said he was broken and contrite. He was broken before. He wasn't perfect. God isn't expecting you and I to be perfect. He'll love you just the same. He is trying his best to grow you and disciple you into his image. But as the, the awesome thing about it is, if you're broken before him, he comes to the rescue every time. God's never moody. He's never fickle. He's always consistent. When tragedy strikes, when prayers don't get immediate answers and the things don't go our way, we have a tendency to get real fickle with God. But I'm wanting to attack that tonight. I'm wanting us to understand that, man, that's not the road to, to success and discipleship with God. That's not the stability that we're looking for in our life. You know, God said it a few moments ago through the interpretation of tongues and the spirit of the Lord. His word never changes. I jotted that down. His laws, his principles, his commands, they're timeless. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withers and flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. 
That is such comfort to me. I know that whatever I read in this precious word, I know that it is going to abide forever. There is no way some of it gets a little invalidated. How many of you know there's not an expiration date on any of this? Uh, All the way from Genesis to Revelation, you and I can count on it. We can agree with Paul when he said, or John when he wrote, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We can have that confidence, and we can look to the things Paul went through and the things that the disciples went through and all the things that they endured over and over and over again when they would say something amazing and marvelous like I cried to the Lord he brought me up out of the mire and the clay he set my feet on a solid rock I can count on that word because it's still as powerful in this moment as it was when it was written that causes me to want to shout you and I have that confidence tonight There's never been a book more attacked than this one. There's never been words more attacked than this one. The the dictators and Caesars and presidents and fanatics all around the world, generation after generation, have tried to close it down, burn it. They've tried to outlaw it. They've done everything in their power. But even in those countries where it's been outlawed, there are still boxes and crates coming in all the time on cargo planes. You know why? Because after every Caesar and every dictator and every president has outlawed it, has died and went on to, to their eternal reward, whatever that might be, the word of God is still standing. It's still a powerful force in this earth. It's still, I'm holding it in my arms tonight, and I'm thanking God for every page. The word of God will stood through every test stood through every war, stood through every government, through everybody that's ever tried to burn it out or outlaw it. There has always been this success of God's word. That is the same kind of confidence that you can have in him, himself, in your life. Just take a look at his word. It stands. You know, it's still a number one bestseller on the New York Times bestsellers list. Did you know that? It's still a New York Times bestseller. After thousands and thousands of years, tell me, Audrey, this is your line, tell me there is no God. Amen. Matthew chapter 24 and 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The Bible is still around. Psalm 119 and verse 152 says, long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. I read an article about Alan Shepard, the astronaut, who uh, went up in space and a reporter was getting ready to talk to him, Sister Judy, right before he got in the spaceship. And here's what the reporter asked. He said, what is the one thing you're depending on most in this space venture? His answer was classic. He said, I'm depending on the fact that God's laws never change. He wasn't about to go up in that space unless he knew that the laws of God had never changed. Just as God established the universe, he's established a plan and a purpose for you. God has ordered your life and your steps. You may have to go around a mountain uh, a bunch of times to get to the promised land, but you are going to get there. If you love God, you serve God, you're determined to follow him in all of your unwise choices and in all of your shallowness and your fickleness, God is still going to get you there. How many of you know, I've said it before, God doesn't have plan B. 
God all, when you were born, God put plan A at the top of your page. And he has been working out his steps and his plan for your life ever since. And you won't miss it. Man, if you'll just, you, may, you may be 95 when you get there, but you are not going to miss it. Because God is going to finish what he started in you. He's going to finish the work that he has started in you. That confidence and truth is there for us tonight. It's what we hold on to. We know we, we can have that truth and that confidence for our lives. But the devil wants to come along. He wants to do everything in his power to cause us to not have confidence in God's immutability. In his never-changing attribute. You know, he did that in the very beginning in Genesis. He went to Eve and Eve had said, this is what God told us. That if we eat of this tree this fruit of the tree of this in this garden that will die, will surely die. The devil looked at it and said, now, did God really say that? Is that what he really meant? The devil's always going to come along and try to twist up the truth. That's why you've got to know it. That's why you've got to get this in. You know why we pour, we read the Bible through every year? I'm so glad when Liz started that many years ago. This church reads the Bible through every single solitary year together. And I'm so thankful that we do that because there is no greater truth, there's no greater foundation for you and I than this precious word. I guarantee if I don't get up here and preach out of this word, you need to run me out. If any other preacher gets up here or anybody else tries to testify or teach a class and they don't preach from this precious word, you need to run them out. Because I'm telling you, we've got a solid foundation right here, an unchanging force and truth in the universe, and that is God's precious word. And when you and I have that as our confidence and our, our foundation, I'm telling you, we will live out this truth of a never-changing God. I want you to stand with me tonight. His plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. How about this one? Psalm 125, you love this one. Those who trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. Amen. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. God wants you to live a stable, concrete, solid rock of a life. God wants you to live. He said, my church, who's the church? We are. I'm going to build my church. Who's the church? I'm going to build my church on the rock. That rock. When Peter jumped up and said, thou art the Christ. He said, Peter, your name means rock. And on what you just said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build Sister Barnett. I'm going to build Sister Shields. I'm going to build Linda Ingham. I'm going to build Rick Wiley. I'm going to build Bud. I'm going to build Jane. I'm going to build Mark. I'm going to build Patty. I'm going to build them on the rock. And when the winds and the waves and the torrents of Satan and hell itself will try to push and knock them off that rock, he said they're going to be solid standing on that rock. And they'll never, the winds will never, the enemy will never prevail against them. He's preaching, he's writing that for us. Jesus said that for Judy Fletcher. He said that for you. You are solid. He's going to build you, set you solid on that rock. 
and the devil himself will try to knock you off. And Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build Judy Fletcher on that. And the gates of hell will not. They may try. They've tried. They'll not prevail against you. You and I serve an unchanging God who wants you and I to live an unchanging, powerful truth. He wants us to live out his blessings, his unchangeableness in our lives. Amen? Amen. I want you tonight, I want to challenge you to a hunger and a thirst for God. I want to challenge us tonight to, to, to really honestly evaluate where we are. I feel like I'm talking to someone tonight who's, who's gotten cold. You feel so far from God. You used to be so tender. You used to just weep in the presence of the Lord. Now your mind's on everything else under the sun. You've gotten cold and indifferent and it's become a form. You don't have that beautiful, wonderful relationship where you couldn't wait to get in His presence. You couldn't wait to spend time with Him. You couldn't wait to hear a song. You couldn't wait to get in God's house. You, you get there. I remember as a young man when I fell madly in love with this church, I'd leave Salem Avenue up on at Best Buy up in Dayton. It's 6 o'clock. Church had already started. I'd get on that highway in my green Oldsmobile and I'd fly as good as I could all the way down to Middletown. I'd get off that Route 4 exit and I'd get over to the Harlem Park building. I'd pull in the parking lot and I'd hear the singing from outside in that parking lot and I'd get excited in the inside. I couldn't wait until I got in those doors and I'd open those doors and I, I smelled everybody's perfume. I smelled everybody's gum and their shirts. Everybody had them all over the place. I smelled every one of them and I loved the smell when I opened up that door and walked into that vestibule and opened up that sanctuary door and slipped in there and sat. It might have been the Regents and Ron Medley singing a big whole old song where the power was falling. It might have been old brother Sergeant preaching his truth, preaching the word of God and the power falling. It didn't matter to me. I just couldn't wait to get in God's house. Oh, do you have that same love that you had when he saved you? When he brought you out and set you clean and made you a brand new person in him? Do you have that same heart for him tonight? Have you gotten careless and have you gotten so far away that you can't remember? I challenge you tonight to get in his presence for just a few minutes, just saying, Lord, here am I standing in need of prayer. Here am I, God. Touch me again. Touch me one more time like Samson when he stood there blinded by his bad choices and his lifestyle. There he stood in between those two pillars, but he looked up and he said, one more time, God, one more time. Move on me. One more time, touch me. I don't know what it was like for you when you were new in the Lord. I don't know what kind of revival you used to be in in your life. I, I don't know how you used to shout or run the aisles. I don't know how you used to be a prayer warrior for the Lord. But I'm asking you tonight, has he changed? He's not changed one bit. God's not moved. The Holy Ghost is not done. And he's not left the, the room. He is still here in all of his immutability, in all of his power to bring revival back to your spirit hallelujah he's here tonight he wants his people 
He wants his people to embrace and to grab hold of his Holy Ghost power, his spirit, and his unchangeableness. I'm calling you tonight to an altar of prayer. I don't even know what else to do except ask you to come to the altar. Come embracing God and ask him to touch your life and to build back in you that first love that you had and that God blessed you and changed your life. Would you come just anywhere you can find a place to pray? Just spend a few minutes. Just a few minutes. He's worth that. Just a few minutes. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. We honor you tonight and we bless your name, God. We honor you in this house. Praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise you, Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Temple for you, Lord, is what I long to be, the dwelling place so you.